welcome to Vitally You, a podcast created to introduce you to the tools that will be your roadmap for feeling younger while growing older. I'm your host, Dana Frost, a wellness expert, life coach, and energy medicine practitioner. Here's what you can expect. Conversations about vitality from the inside out with guest experts in the field of health, culture, and spirituality and solo episodes along the way from me where I do deep dives into the topics of aging, heart intelligence, energy medicine, and your innate capacity to heal. If you want to feel younger while growing older, this is the place for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Vitally You podcast. I'm Dana Frost, your host, coming to you today for the first of five episodes in celebration of my 100th podcast episode. Well, we are going to dive into The Well-Lived Life, a recently published book by centenarian Dr. Gladys McGarry. The tagline for the book is A 102-Year-Old Doctor's Six Secrets to Health and Happiness at Every Age. Now, about 10 years ago, I read one of Gladys's books called Living Medicine, The Dwelling Place. If you missed my last episode, let me catch you up to date. So over the summer, I had the opportunity to go through all my books, and I sat down with her book again to read my highlights. And I decided to Google her. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's still alive. And I discovered that she is, and that she had recently published this book. Well, I quickly purchased it and started reading it and decided that I really wanted to share it with you. Now, through Gladys's eyes, we see a physician of times gone by when physician and patient had an active, ongoing relationship, and there were no insurance companies dictating protocols. Gladys has seen the arc of the medical community and care for over 100 years. She was raised by a family of physicians. She brings a unique history having lived in India as a child. And actually, I think her and her husband also lived in India. She lived through the exponential cultural changes and traumas of the past century. Her experience is simply unparalleled. And I hope to inspire you with Gladys's wisdom and insights. I encourage you to get her book and read it. I think you'll enjoy it. So I want to start where Gladys started in her book. She talks about after being on the planet for over a hundred years and working, you can imagine how many patients she's worked with, that she has yet to find the perfect diet or exercise regimen or magic elixir for longevity. I want to stop here because you, we, I'm a part of it. We have an entire industry shouting the latest trends, tricks, and tips, promising to break the longevity code, promising that if you do this, then you won't get sick. If you do this, you can live to be X number of years. It's just really easy to chase the trends and the noise. And honestly, it's easy for me to want to chase the trends because I do want to feel younger as I grow older. And that means that I have to take care of myself and you have to take care of yourself. And so what does that look like? I have always said it's deeper than just taking care of the physical body. It's so much deeper than that. And 
I'm excited to share what Gladys has to say. So I'm going to just, this is one of the quotes in the first chapter. Most people think the role of medicine is simply to promote physical well-being through putting a stop to whatever ails us. Yet the greater aim is to create a suitably healthy environment, the body in which the soul can fulfill its purpose. So the body is the environment. The body, so that's end of quote, the body is in service to the soul and the mission that you came to earth to fulfill. That's huge, everybody, because we can have the perfect body that has the capacity to take you beyond 100. We now have the technology and the resources that, you know, we're going to see people, these biohackers who are doing all these things are going to be living longer. But what I would say, you can do all that and you can create, you know, this body, I consider it to be the temple. But if you are void of purpose and community that's been cultivated throughout your lifetime, how is it going to feel to be have this perfect body but be in isolation? The body is intended to serve us. It's in service to our mission. We don't need our life to be centered around servicing the body. I believe that's the inverted matrix. This focus, this hyper focus on the body so that you don't listen to the inner urgings of the soul. So important to think about that. Just to let that marinate. It's the inverted matrix. I'm going to say it again. I feel this is really important. The inverted matrix is to get us focused on our body so we don't listen to the inner urgings of our soul. And let's face it, life, this human experience is an obstacle course. We don't live in a protected greenhouse. We can certainly live behind closed doors and be protected. Um, I want to share with you that most of you would know that the electrical conduction of my heart burned out at age 45. So that was, I'm 57, 12 years ago. And I, you know, as I was learning what was happening with my body and that it was the electrical conduction and that it was burned out, I knew I knew as I was learning from the electrical electrophysiologist what was happening that I was remembering episodes when I felt my heart was on fire because I was in this emotional raging feeling experience. And if that taught me anything, well, one, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing about my decisions that at the time I felt maybe I made a mistake in my decisions. But what I really learned is that everything I've ever done, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the loving, the hateful, taught me how to be a better human, how to be forgiving, how to be compassionate, how to be patient. It literally, it's like you have this, this stone, this rough stone that is you, your mind, body, spirit. And everything that you go through, it's like you're being chiseled into something that is beautifully refined, a beautiful sculpture. So in today's economy, it really is easy to live in a protected, you know, isolated behind walls because 
life has changed so much. You know, we're not working outside. Since the pandemic, it's become more commonplace for people to work at home. So even the work environment has changed. Even our relationships can get vetted through artificial intelligence. So it's we're just in such an interesting time in history. And I love what Gladys has to say here. I'm going to quote her. Health doesn't require us to live in a problem-free body, just as happiness doesn't require us to live, doesn't require us to experience a problem-free life. Health and happiness are about being so connected to our own life force that we feel we fit into the world around us. I think I maybe should repeat that. Health doesn't require us to live in a problem-free body, just as happiness doesn't require us to experience a problem-free life. Health and happiness are about about being so connected to our own life force that we feel we fit into the world around us. Living in the world around us, what does that mean? As I said, life is an obstacle course. It's messy. It's dirty. I want to give you a very recent example of this. So my daughter had her second baby, a little baby girl, baby Maya. And she was born on Sunday, October 1st at 5.14 in the afternoon. And, you know, there's so much excitement that comes when you, when a baby is born, Um, Abby and her husband, they have another little boy who's only 13 months old. And um, so Tuesday they go home from the hospital and we go later to join them. And it was a I don't want this episode to be labeled explicit. So it was a S-H-I-T show. It was crazy because the little Nico was confused and, you know, we're there and Abby's sisters are there and there's just a lot going on. And there's this new little baby who's crying and it was just pretty chaotic. Um, It was messy and it was an obstacle course in in their home. But I have to say, it was so beautiful. All the emotions that my daughter was feeling. I can remember bringing my second child home or the third child, and you feel like your alliance to that first child. What, you know, how's that going to change? And all those different dynamics of adding new people into, into your heart. You know, your heart enlarges and where does everybody fit in? And it just can be super chaotic. But That is what Gladys calls turning towards life. To be truly alive, we must find the life force within ourselves and direct our energy towards it. And that really requires us to ask these questions. Who am I? Why am I here? How should I spend my days? Doing what with my days? With whom? And when this life that I have on this earth is over, what is going to have made my life worth living? We need to know our why so that we can order our days in service to our why. And the physical body is one aspect of it. Our physical body supports, it's our earth suit, it supports our expression, our soul's expression on this earth. So Gladys calls this our juice. Um, I believe that it's the intersection of our gifts and being of service to humanity. So it's really kind of comes down to what's your reason to live? 
Why do you want to live? What is your life force? Now, I recognize that it's not always easy to connect to our purpose. As women, especially, we experience life cycles that change and they impact our purpose at any different time. We, as women, we are great shapeshifters. But when we are in the middle of a life transition, we can feel utterly lost. It's a little bit how my daughter felt for this short period of time when she brought Maya home. I can remember feeling the same way. We feel a little bit lost. We don't can't feel the ground beneath us. But women, we are so, we tend to reinvent ourselves about every eight years because we've got these hormonal shifts. We, our hormones are ever shifting which makes us feminine. We've got this beautiful system inside of us that calls upon our brilliant mind and our hormones and our body to work in synchronicity with one another. And sometimes they just kind of go haywire. Purposefully they do because they're shifting to accommodate the different things that the woman is going through. But I really believe that one, this, this hormonal situation with women, it's one of the aspects of being a woman that makes us far more brilliant and resilient than men. And sorry to the men who might be listening to the podcast, but men tend to have a very, a formula that's very two dimensional and work and family. And I know those dona- dynamics are thankfully shifting for men. Men are expanding and expanding. They're adapting and expanding their essence on the planet to be more dimensional. But most of the men mid-age and older have been modeled this two-dimensional existence. It's very left-brain focused. It's heavily dependent upon cognition. Um, Men can isolate work and family. And, you know, for decades they operate, they've got these two areas of life, work and family. And suddenly when men have to let go of work, they feel lost because their cheese has, hasn't been moved every eight years. Like a woman's cheese is moved every eight years. As women, we feel our way through parenting, careers, cultural shifts, friendships, and we feel the collective and we respond to it. Women have antennas 360 degrees and it's our, in, our intuition we sense danger before it even arrives. We we sense things going on with our loved ones. Our emotional compass takes us on these roller coaster rides and we have to learn to lean in or be taken out. Most women learn to lean in because that's what we do and we are equipped. We were created with this hormonal system as a part of our operating system and it allows us to go high, go low, and learn how to lean in. And I believe it's a part of our juice. It's our heartbeat. It's so easy, though, to lose sight when we are going up and down. It's easy to lose sight and feel disempowered instead of really feeling that we are truly goddesses. We are. We are goddesses. And okay, let me ground us back in the book, okay? So Gladys shared a few stories of patients. One was similar to what I've experienced and what I've seen with clients. And this is these vague symptoms, low energy, trouble focusing, pain that's not um, isolated, uh, general malaise, digestive distress, 
you get the feeling you you've I'm sure that you've felt this before. Well, I loved how Gladys probed more to understand her patient's unique circumstances because it's never just physical. And most of the time when there's no sharp pain and it's spread out, there's an underlying disconnection to one's juice, one's essence, one's fuel. And Gladys shared how she she told the whole story in the book, but you can get the book and read it. But she led this woman back to her juice. And guess what? It was beautiful in rediscovering her why this patient of Gladys's, her symptoms disappeared when she really tapped into her why through this conversation with Gladys and she went into action, her symptoms disappeared. You know, sometimes it's really hard to connect to our purpose when we're in one of these kind of downward spiral times, downward seasons. But I have to share that it's easier when you have support. And I have needed support many times in my life. Probably the best thing I ever did because it set my mindset that it was safe to get support and that positive outcomes would come. When I was in college, I was able to see a counselor to help me through um, my parent separation and some different things that I was going through. And it really um, set me up to understand amazing things happen when we are connected to, to support. And what happens is we get to get back on top. We understand what's going on in our emotional experiences and our world with the things in our relationships. And we are able to supersede those. We learn more tools. We become resilient. So, um, Maybe I've shared this with you before, but it definitely bears repeating. So when I had my health crisis and I had my pacemaker implanted, but I was still really, really tired, I went to different practitioners and one was my gynecologist. And she said, well, you need antidepressants. It's, you know, at your age and your perimenopausal, every woman goes on antidepressants. Well, that wasn't okay with me. I just didn't feel like the underlying situation I was dealing with was depression. You know, I share this as a public service announcement to beware. When you're going the conventional route, that model, they lack the time. This doctor didn't ask me anything else about my life, but they lack the time and the context to treat a woman's complexities outside pharmaceuticals. And know that if you go the pharmaceutical route, their recommendation, you are simply delaying dealing with whatever the root causes are. And there are always root causes that are inflammatory. I had inflammatory issues going on. There are emotional issues at play. I had emotional issues at play. There might be bacterial and viral roots. And actually, I had bacterial and I had viral roots and I had parasitical issues as well. But it's very easy to mask those roots by buying into popping a pill for short-term symptom relief. You're quelling the symptoms temporarily and the roots will always resurface. And this is why I love the functional lens. We look at all aspects of a client's life, mind, body, emotions, triggers, community, spirit, and the interplay of these different systems of the body the cardiovascular system, the digestive system, the inflammatory system. We look at all these different aspects of a person's life because your life is truly a matrix and all of the components are interwoven. 
You cannot pull one string without impacting all the others. So it really is at this point, I want to interject a profound truth about us women. The feminine energy on this planet is the healing energy. And we have a deep call to heal ourselves. We cannot be of service until we tap into our own healing. And we are unstoppable when we do. And the planet needs us. The planet needs our feminine energy that is so complex and wild. Our intuition that's like this 360 degree sensor that we have. We need our feminine energy. That is part of our juice is what we bring as the feminine to the planet and to humanity. So I feel unstoppable right now in my life. I really do. And that doesn't mean all my good days are no. Actually, I just don't expect myself to be perfect. And I don't expect my circumstances to be perfect. Rather, I tune into myself, my truth, my power, my feelings. I work things out with my body so that I find the juice for every day. I mean, I will say this summer, I had a lot of grief I was dealing with. I was struggling in my relationships, but I was able just to tune into myself and to work through all of that stuff. So I want to take a moment as we're nearing the end to tap into Gladys's wisdom on finding your juice. I'm gonna grab her book. And her first step is, first, take a moment to gently put your hand on your heart and just rest it there. Allow your chest to feel the warmth of your hand. Allow your hand to feel the subtle movement of your heartbeat. This, I can feel mine right now. This is the deepest part of your being, and this is where your soul lives. Whenever you fall out of alignment in life, move your hand back to your heart. This simple motion has immense power. Number two, ask your heart, what do you love? And don't just answer it once, but repeat this question three or four times, 10 times even. See how your answer evolves as you ask the question over and over and over again. In my coaching practice, Dr. Martha Beck would have us ask the question, you've got to go five times down. You keep asking the question to get clearer about what you truly desire. Number three, with your hand still on your heart, think back to a time when you felt a sense of purpose. It could be when you achieved something in your profession, when you felt connected to your child, or when you took on a volunteer role. It could be something so small, such as tending to a plant, making a child giggle, or completing an afternoon project. Don't worry if it's been a while since you felt this way. The experience doesn't need to be recent. The point is to remind yourself that you fit into the whole. Number four, think back to your childhood. Consider your earliest memories of joy and satisfaction. What were you doing? Who were you being? What made your heart sing? What made you giddy with joy? 
You may just get fragments or an image, but your unconscious mind knows the answers, but it may speak to you in a symbol or a sign or a daydream or a dream. You don't need to demand the answer or try to analyze it with your conscious control. Invite your unconscious to tell you when it's ready. It knows. Number five, explore these memories. Feel the sense of meaning attached to them. What did you really love about that action? Why did it feel so good? For instance, maybe you liked helping someone else, or maybe you enjoyed expressing yourself. Maybe you were surprised by your own talent. Maybe you were able to improve things that you found were meaningful. For me, right now I'm remembering when we moved into a new home when I was five, there was a tree and it had a raised bed for flowers to plant something. And it was so important for me, that little flower bed, it was so important for me to plant something. And I planted marigolds. And I just, you know, I know looking back that it was my soul that felt so connected to earth and needed to have my hands in the dirt and needed to see the beauty of flowers. Number six, now consider your life today. Is there any small thing you could do that might bring you the same feeling? Imagine yourself moving toward it, exploring it. You can take gradual steps toward finding your juice. When you're finished with your contemplation, find a scrap of paper and write down a word or draw an image that represents some aspect of your juice. Put it somewhere where you will see it often, such as your bathroom mirror or your fridge or somewhere where you can carry it with you in your wallet or on your purse or take a photo of it and put it on your phone. This is your talisman, your compass. It will lead you to your juice. Once you know what your heart desires, you will be drawn to fulfill it. Isn't that so beautiful? I would love to hear from you, especially during these series of five episodes. Would you please be in contact with me? I would just love for us to have a conversation. Let me know what you discover this week about your juice. What was a memory from your childhood? What is it that you distill down when you ask yourself that question, what do you desire? Thank you so much for joining me for my first episode celebrating my 100th episode. It's sort of wild to me that I've had 100 episodes of this podcast. It really feels monumental. And I would love your help. I have a desire to get 100 reviews by the end of this five-part series. But I need your help. If you haven't left a review, please do so. And if you've left a review, could you please consider sharing the Vitally You podcast with your friends or family who might enjoy inspiration for feeling younger while growing older? And until next week, for episode number two, I will be streaming love from my heart to yours.